Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. We are back after Liverpool drew with Chelsea at Stamford Bridge with a Sturridge glory goal in the 88th minute to put us level. I don't want to say it felt like a win, but it, it was a much deserved point. So here to talk a little bit about that with me and briefly look forward to Napoli as well. I have the regular Jeff Hallett. Hey. Jeffrey, what's going on? Another week, still undefeated, so can't complain too much. Yeah, right. Yeah, still uh, with that seven seven uh, games now through the season with, uh, without a defeat. So Reds are looking up, looking really good. It was... Uh, it's an interesting game, Jeff. Let's just go ahead and dive right in. Um, it could have gone either way. You, you, you could have said Liverpool deserved to lose, Liverpool deserved to draw, and Liverpool deserved to win that game. There's not many that you see like that, but there was chances to be had for for both squads uh, throughout the entire game. Oh, without a doubt, and the change in the midfield I think affected the team. We've got rotation. We got Henderson coming in for Genie in the holding role and that means Keita's off and Milner has been solid he was solid again but I think the side missed Keita personally uh, I absolutely agree with you on that point yeah he he would have brought some dyna- dynamism for sure to uh, to the team yeah uh, Klopp is committed to rotation so you, you uh, certainly defer to him on who needs to come in when but uh, you can't deny that great midfield that's being set up with Keita as part of it. Yeah. And it's one of those where he goes with who he trusts, right? It's a big game. Keita's still getting used to the system. Fabinho has only gotten one start for the Reds so far this season. So you can see that he, he wants you to really, really understand the system and where you need to be on the pitch, especially in certain areas of the pitch when you're pressing and it needs to become just second nature. So while Keita is an extraordinary player, and I think most of us are calling for him just to start in general, uh, you do somewhat understand why Klopp hasn't started him. Um, he, when he came on, I thought he made an immediate difference. Uh, he was able to, I, I think, provide something that Liverpool were missing the entire game, which was a midfielder who would take the ball from the midfield really into the final third and, and make decisive passes or plays with it. Uh, he showed that right away. Um, Genie can do it, but we've seen Genie this season fall back into a six and, and be amazing there. What did you make of that midfield three in terms of positioning? And, you know, it, it wasn't a bad game for Hendo, but it, it somewhat shows why I think Genie fits a little bit better in that six role, at least for us in these bigger type games. Yeah. I mean, you saw Chelsea, overrun the midfield and that's a clear indication that Henderson is not holding up. It's the same problem that I have been talking about week after week. Uh, He doesn't deal too well with pace coming at him uh, and no surprise Chelsea were able to break a few times, ton of good saves by Allison and that back line Virgil Joe. And I know we're going to get into that later, but a lot to be proud of in terms of our back five but that midfield needs to hold better. Uh, needs to, you know, operate in team defense mode, not just let's let the back five solve for themselves. Uh, in terms of positioning, yeah, I mean, to your point, Klopp does a lot of rotation in the game that is uh, sure pressing forward, pulling back, and there seems to be a symbiosis between Milner. Wijnaldum and Henderson is probably why he was in the game, uh, but he just doesn't have that same level of quality that Keita does, and that's, I think, what was missing for most of the match. Yeah, and what did you make of Chelsea's starting lineup? Because, you know, Sarri comes in. He's obviously very well known for being a former coach at Napoli and the style of play that they have, which we'll get into actually in just a bit and how they've retained that a little bit. But the effects 
that he can have going forward. You know, it's a, it's just a complete 180 from this Chelsea squad under Conte, which was purely defensive. I mean, they'd run a back five often, but he comes in and in a way liberates these players that, you know, such as Willian and Hazard, who are such gifted players, especially going forward, um, that were maybe held back. I mean, yes, they did win a, a title under Conte and he is a great coach and did very well there in the time that he was there. But it's, um, it sucks to say that Chelsea is a bit of a breath of fresh air, actually, in terms of, of sorry and, and coming in and just uh, having another team that can compete be on a high attacking level. Now, you know, you see the top three in the table right now and it's it's City, Liverpool and Chelsea. And those three teams are all amazing at going forward. Um, whereas, uh, you know, you don't you didn't have much of that in recent years. You know, a lot of the defensively stout teams were the ones on top. So, um, you know, what do, what do you make of this Chelsea side and, and kind of the players that had started against Liverpool at the weekend? Yeah, I, I think they mix. I, I was honestly shocked at how well uh, David Luiz played um, their back line. They, they gave us fits and starts. I know Bobby had some joy against him, uh, navigating the ball around him. Uh, but I thought Alonso showed up, um, Rudiger, Aspilicueta, their usual quality. And like I say, the, the midfield is really what uh, I thought was the difference in the game. Uh, Conte, not as strong as he usually is. I mean, he left Danny tons of space for that shot. Uh, Jorginho, uh, I, I think, didn't play as much of a tempo role as he usually does. So I was kind of hoping to see that, didn't see enough of it. And the clear star of the show, I thought, was uh, Kovacic uh, alone, of course. He's going to be back at Madrid next year, but what a get for them. Uh, and then supporting that front line of uh, William Drude and Hazard. Hazard is having a hell of a start to the year. Uh, he seems to have that same magic that Mo had. So I wasn't surprised by his goal early uh, to get the first bite. But it seemed like William and Hazard, that pair, uh, really moves with the pace, leverages the pace, and and plays well together. And Giroud always <laughs> seems to cause havoc. Yeah, I mean, they they have a very, very good squad. Let's not remember they were champions just a couple of seasons ago. And so they still have that same mentality and a lot of the same squad members. I mean, you you listed a good amount of them that are still there. I'm um, just starting with the back. I thought Keppa had some really good moments in that game, a uh, huge stop against Mane. Uh, and then you move to Aspilicueta, who is arguably the best defender in the premier league. Uh, like you said, <clears throat> um, I thought that, that, that you said that Alonso had showed up and uh, I'm not usually impressed by him defensively. That is he, he's very good going forward. He was very good in uh, the Conte system playing as a wing back, yeah, really good set piece specialist, but um, I, I haven't really ever been impressed with him defensively. I thought he showed up. I thought he maybe he's trying to prove that he should be um, or can be that that good defensively as well. But I thought he had a very good game. And then, you know, you had mentioned David Luiz. Uh, I think what he offers um, offensively or his vision and his long passing kind of makes up for the defensive errors that he has in terms of content. Uh, sorry, eyes. Sorry, because you know, he, a couple of balls that he had that one to William, which created that chance was, was unbelievable. And we all know what David Louise is. Um, you know, you, you know what you get with him is, are those amazing long passes is that vision, um, the, the touch on the ball, the calmness, but you also get defensive lapses. So we know who he is. And, and Rudiger is actually, I think stepped up a bit. Uh, he had a nice block against uh, Salah on the goal line, but he's, um, I don't want to see he's been amazing for Chelsea, but he's been very solid. I mean, they did spend a good amount of money on him, but he's been a very good player. And then he moved to the midfield and, you know, Kovacic had a pretty good game. He had that final pass to Hazard for the goal, which was, which was a nice movement from them. Um, and then, um, you know, Conte, like you said, he, he's just, it's, it's a different position for him in the system. You know, you have Jorginho, who's now this deep lying playmaker who, by the way, I'm just going to say it now, I think is maybe a tad bit overrated. 
Um, I, I know we wanted him and we had talked about him previously seeing him play. He's a very good player. I just, I think maybe overrated in terms of like everyone's, Oh, you know, look how many passes he had just when like a lot of people were obsessing kind of a, you know, uh, I believe it was just two seasons ago where look how many passes Henderson has. He has the most passes in the Premier league when that doesn't necessarily mean much. Um, so he, he does keep the ball moving, but you know, oftentimes it's just for, for no reason. Um, but then you, you move to, to their forward three and I'm just glad Giroud didn't score against us. Cause he has a good record against <laughs> us. And, and I thought he was, I definitely thought he was going to put one in the back of the net. Um, Hazard on his form right now is just incredible. You, you can't stop him. Uh, I like, we had been talking a lot in Slack with a lot of the guys and, and via text that, you know, he just needs to be consistent this year. We know the talent that he has and that he, he has the ability to become a top five player in the world. He just doesn't have that consistency and it just doesn't look like he cares a lot of the time. Maybe sorry is a, a breath of fresh air for him as well. Um, and, and now really starting to show his offensive talent um, consistently, but I, I'm not going to sit here and say Hazard's the best player in the premier league. He may be at this specific moment in time right now based on form, but until he proves it over a full season, um, I, I'm not in terms of producing, in terms of assists and goals over a full season, because I've always felt like that was the main thing that was that was lacking from him in high numbers to consider him at that top level of player. Um, you know, he could do it this year. He, he could continue to do this in the system. So in terms of title contention, Jeff, what do you where do you see Chelsea uh, long term? I mean, you look you have to look at their squad depth. Uh, you know, they, they do have some good players on the bench as well, but they also have some aging players. So it's where do you stand with this team moving forward? Well, it's going to be a three horse race with at least city Liverpool and, and Chelsea for the duration. That's what I'm seeing. They've started strong. They dropped some points, but I think they've got quality uh, in that 11 for sure. And, you know, they get older players on the bench, uh, you could have Gary Cahill rotate in, uh, Fabregas in the midfield, Barkley, who's even getting some minutes. Uh, so they've got a decent squad uh, to survive. Plus, they don't have European football this year, which I think helps, exactly. helps them, right? So it's just about who can sustain it for, like you said, the, the full calendar of Premier League games and... I wouldn't be shocked if they were uh, finishing in the top four this year along with Spurs. Yeah, you would think they would. And Ross Barkley, I mean, a lot of people forgot about Ross Barkley and that saga from Everton and how that all happened. But he, I believe, that season before the whole debacle happened and he didn't play for the second half of the season, He, I think it was the year before that or maybe even just the beginning of that season, he was leading the league in, in chances created, I believe. He's a, he's a very good player and he can do very well in that system as well, especially from the bench. But then you look at their depth and they bring Marat on for Giroud. Now the, the question is it, it, Hazard has to have, doesn't have to have as many goals as Salah did last season, but he has to have a Salah like season for them to, I think challenge for the title because you know, while we had Salah on fire, we also had Mane and Bobby on fire as well. And like, are you, who else are you going to depend on? Because Giroud can score. Morata can sometimes score, but even those two guys combined, unless they hit it off in the system and start producing when you're not, you're not seeing a, a 20 plus goal from either, uh, either of those guys. Uh, and then you look at William and yes, he's a very good player, but you're not looking at him for even, you know, a 10 and 10 season would be an excellent season for him, but you don't even know if that's possible. So, um, Fabregas on the bench, getting a bit older, very good player. still, obviously Cahill is getting a bit older. Zabacosta. I mean, they have depth, but you, you know, with a, with an injury or two with, you can say this about most teams, but you, you just, you never really know, um, in terms of title challenging, they, you know, they probably will have some slip ups this season, um, being as it, it's a new system. Um, and I know they've, t- they've hit the ground running, but they haven't had exactly, you know, the best competition to go against. Now this Liverpool game, you know, a lot of hype went into it. So maybe that fed into how each team perform a bit, but, um, I just, I don't know if Chelsea will be challenging at the end of the season. Um, I, I do agree with you. I think they'll definitely be in a top four spot, but 
Um, shifting over now from Chelsea to Liverpool, uh, starting 11, Jeff, what did you make of it? Uh, just, in, you know, let's start with the back five because at this point, right, we don't want anyone else. We don't want anyone else starting in that back five. And, and while we're on the, the subject, good Lord, our center backs are faster than Mane and Salah, I think. <laughs> yeah. Thank God Van Dyke was healthy for this. Cause I, I mean, Matip's coming back. He showed decently in the cup games, but you know what? Uh, there's no one better on that pitch uh, in terms of communication, positioning, and you know, able to do that same David Luiz long ball uh, to Salah or Mane or Firmino uh, than Van Dijk. He's exceptional offensively and certainly on a defensive perspective. Uh, yeah, so uh, both Gomez and Van Dyke, yet another beautiful match for me. Uh, I think that is your your first choice pair, and it's boxed off. There's just no alternative that's better than those two, uh, and it's probably why we over the summer keep asking, begging, pleading for another center back to back these guys up. Because had Van Dyke gone down, that means Matip. Matip and, and Gomez. Matip doesn't lead anything. He sits there as a giraffe uh, and, you know, decent on the ball, but uh, you miss that leadership. So if uh, Michael Edwards is listening in, uh, put a center back on your January window list, please. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, Joe Gomez been – shouting his name for a long time, but even I never thought he was going to show like he has so far this season. The guy's cleaned up for Van Dyke on occasion. I mean, he is incredible. What an athlete he is. Um, We pictured that he would be something like this. And yes, we know that there will be some inconsistency and some defensive lapses throughout the season as he's a young player and he's growing, but I mean, his performances this year, if that's his ceiling and his ceiling is even higher than that, we know that. But if his ceiling were just the performances he been, he's been having this season, he's easily our second best center back for the club right now. He's better than Matip. He's better than Lovren. He's better than anyone else who wants to play center back. Anyone else we've had perhaps in the last five years. The, the guy is just, I don't want to say proving anyone wrong because I think a lot of people and, and we've known since we've had him for a long time, how good of a player he could become, but coming back from those brutal injuries um, and, and they were bad injuries and, and to show like he has this season and it's all it's to be honest, it's all because Lovren had whatever stomach bug or whatever was going on with him uh, and, and Gomez gets in the side and he's taken his chance and that's all you can ask for him. He is just, he's been a revelation and, like, you know, he could be the reason why Liverpool challenged this year, having a second center back who's competent and has speed. I mean, we all know, we all saw that, that play where, where William was running away and we have both of our center backs catching up to him. I don't care if he has the ball to both. I don't know if there's any other team in the world that, that both center backs could do that. It's, it's, it's incredible. Um, and, and that's what you need in this Klopp system because there's going to be occasions, you know, times like that where we're high up the pitch where, where that will happen. And you need your entire back four to be able to have pace to recover. So, um, you know, we've talked about Joe for a lot in the past. Uh, we'll continue to talk to about him a lot in the, in the future because he's hopefully going to be a player for us for a very long time. Uh, briefly, just on Van Dyke, I mean, nothing new. Like, what? There's there's really not much else to say about the guy. He's just he's just an absolute beast. And I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind. And I think a, a lot of other fans are, are learning to accept it of other squads that he is the best defenseman in the Premier league. Um, he he's the best center back. He's the best defender. He's just outrageous. And those, those uh, quotes that Troy Deeney came out where those were great, how he just hates playing against him. He's too big and he's too strong and he's <laughs> got a great head of hair and he smells good. I mean, <laughs> just funny, funny stuff coming from, from Georgina. And he's, he's a big boy too. So, you know, going up against another huge center back, you can you just see how dominant Van Dyke is. Um, and then, you know, I, Robbo didn't have his best game, but that ball he had for Shakiri was excellent. He did get caught out that one time uh, with the the overhead ball, but 
listen, that's just, that's part of the system. It's part of him learning. It's, it's going to happen. Those are just things that are going to happen. And uh, you just hope that they can improve on that. Um, you know, Trent being a playmaker from the right back position is just incredible. I mean, Jeff, I, there's so much to talk about this back four, back five. I mean, Allison with the saves that he had to just keep us in the game. You're just, you want a goalkeeper who now can keep you in games can, can be the reason he is the, he's part of the reason why we got the draw Sturge's shot. It was incredible and we'll get to it, but it, it wouldn't have been one nil without Van Dyke. He had two huge breakaway saves. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Just commanding and save, and save two points easily. You just can't ask anything else from this back five, Jeff. It's, it is incredible from from how long we've been talking about Liverpool for and how incredibly painful it has been to talk about the back five in the past. You you wouldn't on and, and I know there are maybe some better players potentially in the Premier League, but as a biased fan, you you wouldn't change any back five player right now for, for many others in the Premier League. Um, and that's just crazy. So um Weird, weird that we've only shipped three goals this entire season. It's it's really incredible. Um, you know, after seven games, just just three goals. So we can move along from them. And we've talked about the midfield. Uh, Jeff Salah. He there are a couple chances that you you think he would uh, finish that that one against. Uh, in, in all fairness, like he's off balance, hits it with his opposite foot, and Rudiger clears it off the line. That's going in the back of the net, uh, and and his dribble around Keppa. I mean. The guy's getting himself in great positions. He's making things happen. Uh, his XG is probably off the charts. If you follow Brundish, Simon Brundish on Twitter, um, and just the AI boys and their under pressure podcast, I mean, you can see that he's not playing poorly. He's he's just. It, it, I don't want to say it, it wasn't luck from last year, but just the fact that he was scoring a lot of goals he was last year that he's not this year. Um, you know, sometimes you just, you're in that form and, and it's just the luck of the draw, but you expect your, you know, him to, some things to click here, uh, throughout uh, any game now you would think for the rest of the season. Yeah. And you don't really know the reason for it, but you know, strikers, as we know, go through peaks and valleys in terms of their finishing ability. Uh, hazard is, you know, as we've been saying top of the league in terms of that, form that he needs to you know bag all the goals take all of his chances Salah had it last year consistently throughout the year and he's starting slow this year that's there's no question about it I mean there's two three chances that last year would have been goals for him in this game so uh that it finished as a draw 1-1 you know it wouldn't have happened last year and, and yeah, it, honestly, like, you know, the front three, you know, I think Mane has been our leader up front. And, you know, I think he continued good form in this match. Unlucky on a couple shots. Uh, Firmino, I, I think he's still trying to get his sea legs in doing what he does. And that's just Bobby. Uh, he does the hard. It's just a finishing story. Um, like you said, puts himself in fantastic position. Is, expected goals, expected assists way up this year. It's just the finishing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think that the front three has not clicked yet. And there's still so much, I wouldn't say necessarily room to grow because, you know, we've seen a lot of what they can do, but the fact of the matter is, is they're not on par and, and maybe with where they, they should be in terms of finishing chances. It's not that they've been poor at all. I mean, we have we've scored 15 goals, same amount of goals that Chelsea scored in the league under a very progressive system as well. You know, Spurs have 14, Arsenal have 14, uh, fucking Leicester has 13 goals. So it's not like we're not scoring goals, but you know, with City has 21, and we know how many goals they scored last year. You know, with our front three, once they clicking, we'll be scoring more. So we should be where we are now, which is second, but, but even with a little bit more goals, maybe, um, the, the thing that we just were talking about with the defense is that, you know, we're, we've conceded three, which is the same as city, um, which is absolutely incredible. So, you know, you, you, you keep those goals against down and, and just know that this side will eventually click even more. Hopefully when Fabinho comes into the midfield and, and gives the back four, even a little bit more assurance ahead of them. And then you have Keita coming in. I mean, 
I believe I tweeted before the season started, maybe a month before, like it's oddly appealing to me what a Fabinho, Keita, and Wijnaldum midfield would look like because it doesn't sound like even before the se- especially before the season, that it would, might mesh correctly. But I would love to see that happen and have that work. Uh, all three just amazing athletes getting all over the pitch so they could press. And yeah, Milner's had an, an excellent season, but I think we need to pick and choose here with Milner because, you know, with with his legs running a little bit long, we we need to. I feel like, and he's been crucial to us at the beginning of the season, but we need to pick and choose when he's going to be important for us because, you know, he he's just been incredible, incredible for us recently. So, um, we you know, the front three will click. It's it's going to happen. Um, Bobby's still uh, amazing with his link of play. Sadio has, has been very good so far this season. Things are going to click even more, which is which is scary to think about if, if our defense continues to play it the way that they are and our attack just gets even better. I mean, that's the hope, right? That's the, the hope is, is that we continue to be up there at least, you know, come Christmas time, come holiday season, Liverpool are, are at the top of the table with the city or potentially maybe even Chelsea around that, that way. Then, then maybe you look at effect here in, in January to see if that can help you push on whatever it may be. Um, or Rabio it's, you, we just were doing what we need to be doing through the first seven games of the season. And I think everyone would have taken this, um, you know, a draw with Chelsea even before the match. So very happy with, with how this season has gone. And uh, it, it, there are hints of 2013, 2014 in the sense that we believe that there's not a team we can't beat. Um, but it, at the same time, it's, it's, it's actually very different in styles of play. So, uh, very exciting season looking forward. And before we get into the Napoli game, I've got a good friend of mine, Marcus Awerko, who's going to be giving us the Chelsea side of things from the weekend and looking forward. With me now on the Chelsea perspective of everything, I've got one of my buddies, Marcus Awerko. used to work with him at the Fire Now with the Colorado Rapids. What's up, my man? Hey, Joey, how are you doing? Great to be on here again. I uh, miss you guys a lot. I'm definitely enjoying it out here in Colorado, but uh, just uh, excited to be back with the the old gang, man. Yeah, dude, good to talk to you again. And obviously when this fixture rolls around, you and I like to, to <laughs> chat a little bit of shit, which is okay. But uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and get right into it, man. What did you make of the game? Um, and, you know, actually, you know, before we get into that, let, let's go ahead and just get into your season kind of as a whole and – um, you know, Sari's impact, you know, what, what you know, Conte's impact was when he left too, and just how you think that he's kind of implemented the system and the players have, have taken obviously very kindly to it because you guys are off to a hot start. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I think it's actually caught a lot of, of us by surprise. I mean, especially myself, like I really, really didn't think that um, they would be grasping Sari's tactics and his concepts as quick as they are. I mean, everybody knows how, you know, tactical he is and how much time and effort it takes to to learn his system um, just because it's so different. And we saw that at Napoli. Um, and I think that most of us were a little surprised to see him be this successful this fast. But I think that really boils down to how they conducted themselves on deadline day, specifically in the transfer market, mm-hmm. bringing in um, Kovacic for Yoko, and I think that the actual playing style of Bakayoko and Kovacic, I think that Bakayoko just wasn't suited to be a, t- a technical player in our system. <laughs> I remember talking to you about Bakayoko for a Dude. while back. I remember and that. Kovacic is the, just the complete opposite. You know, I, I wish I wish Bakayoko could have been the marauder that that you know we wanted him to be. But in this system, like you just can't have a player like that. You need someone who can have the ball at their foot. And Kovacic was an incredible, incredible add. Um, and then also obviously bringing in Keppa, I think that that's kind of really really helped them play out of the back because I don't really think that that was ever one of Courtois like extreme strong suits like he was he wasn't bad at it but it was never really something that you know it, it caught your eye like his distribution versus Keppa you you see his distribution from the back and he's just got that confidence when he does it and I think that that kind of changes um, the confidence of the back line and then that changes the confidence of the midfield and so forward um, so uh, just overall, I think it's just been a really, really uh, surprising start to the season from from my view. But obviously, extremely delighted that that they have kind of caught on this fast. Yeah, and just like you said with the keeper there and the system that you play and playing out of the back, you know, the top three teams in the Premier League right now have the three best 
pro, and you know, in my opinion, um, uh, goalkeepers in terms of distribution. So, um, you know, it, it's a huge part of the the attacking style that they play. Um, and, and you need someone who's calm and cool at the back who can who can do everything you're you know you want from a keeper, but then also being that that extra player out on the pitch who you can actually include in the build up play um, and that XG. So um, yeah, I mean, listen, it's I hate to say it because I hate Chelsea, but they they've been a bit of a, a breath of fresh air in terms of attacking you know football to to the Premier League this season. So you know while. Sorry's writing up his his plans on on the whiteboard or in his notebook while chiefing down a pack of cigs. You know they're they're going out there and performing, <laughs> and they and they're doing their best. Um, and you know it's just showing again. You know the the complaint with me for for Hazard at least was that we all know he had the talent. Um, mm-hmm. we, we all know that he has the ability to become you know a top five player in the world. It's just his consistency and him never wanting to show it. And yes. I know Conte had a defensive system, which didn't really allow him to flourish like Sarri is now. But at the same time, you got to admit, like, he's having a hot start to the season. But what you, you want to see out of him as a Chelsea fan, too, is that consistency, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think that this is a major, major, major reason uh, and kind of after effect of Sarri already showing his impact on the team. I mean, if you hear him in every single interview he has, all he does is just heap praise on on Hazard and on his players. Like, all he does is just try to uplift them and bring them. And he's brought the genuine love of football back into the club. And he's He's brought that, you know, fun style of attacking soccer where you're not afraid to do something unique and creative. And that just makes it more fun to watch from our perspective. And, you know, I really think that, you know, he has just taken all these defensive, um, you know, just defensive responsibilities that Conte and Mourinho put on Hazard and kind of just got rid of them and said, hey, man, like, forget about this. Like, move forward. Just like focus on scoring goals. Like, I want you to score 40 goals this year. That's their goal, and that's all they've been saying. And even Hazard's been joking about it about it now on social media. And, you know, it's incredible to see the way that Sarri's come in here and just positively affected the team. And, you know, with Hazard, I mean, you know, I think that this season, if you look at what Chelsea is doing, if they want to be title contenders, Hazard's going to have to score goals this year because it's not coming from Giroud and it's not coming from Murata. And we'll kind of get into that a little bit later, but I think that if Chelsea's going to do anything major this season, it's going to be because of Hazard. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to Jeff actually a little bit about that. Um, I mean, he has to have a not not maybe not as many goals as Salah, but a Salah type season, especially with the lack of goals that you guys are going to have up front. Yep. Um, he, he's just got to have an incredible season in terms of producing. So, um, and like you said, you know, he's he's taken the defensive responsibilities just completely away from him, and he's just kind of like, yes, go score, but also, you know, you, you don't have to stay in the left wing. You know, you don't have to stay in a position just free roam. So you're seeing Hazard all over the place in the pitch. Um, yeah. and, and it's what that system that, needs and calls playing, for. Yeah, he's playing that inverted winger role where he comes in and, like, he'll, he'll stay on the wing, but then he'll drift in the middle and just take up sp- pockets of space that open up space on the left side for Alonso to come up and, and take in that space. And that's actually, like, a major part of their system is how they actually rotate the basically the entire system a little bit clockwise so that uh alonzo is a little bit further on the left side and and azpilicueta on the right side actually tucks in a little bit almost like a back three when they're attacking it's kind of really interesting how the system works and and sorry did this back in uh napoli with fazui gulam on the left side he was their marauder on the left side that would kind of just fly up the wing and do what uh, alonzo mm-hmm. does and I think that that frees up a lot of space for Hazard and, and the rest of the guys. Yeah, Mane does that a bit for, for Liverpool with yeah. um, Robertson around the, the left-hand side too. So I definitely understand what you're saying right there. Um, in, in terms of your, your starting 11, is that what you want to see kind of for the rest of the season? Do you want to see Pedro get any more minutes? How are you looking at it going for? Is that is that the best starting 11 for sorry mm-hmm. system? And that, and that includes, you know, David Luiz and Rudiger in that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So when we look at, um, so I'd actually like to, to just jump real quick back to the League Cup um, when we played you guys uh, last week. So when we started that game, we started with William and Moses on the wings. And, and I'm sorry, like as much as I love Moses and what he's done for the club in the past, I would have loved to see Hudson Odoi get some time. So when I'm talking about the lineup from this past week, this past week was the lineup that I expect to see game in and game out. Um, and I think that 
those guys that are in that 11 with Hazard on the left, Giroud up top, Willian on the right, and then those middle three having Conte, Kovacic, and Jorginho with Kovacic being a little bit more forward, Conte being the eight, um, and then obviously Alonso, Luis, Rudiger, and Azpilicueta in the back with Kepler and goal. I think that that's going to be your starting 11 for, for basically most games of the season. And one thing that um, a lot of people that don't follow Sarri too much and know his, his kind of philosophy too much is that with Napoli, you know, one of their biggest faults um, and the reason why they didn't really uh, end up, uh, you know, kind of hitting the pinnacle of what they were expecting was because, unfortunately, he sticks to like 15 to 17 guys. And he doesn't he doesn't dip into that like 18 to 22, where that's where you're going to see an Ethan Ampadu get some time or a Callum hudson Odoi get some time um, or Ruben Loftus-Cheek, which Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I am so frustrated that he's not getting more time. I wish he got more time because yeah. – that, is, that kid's an absolute talent, and we're going to lose him, and I'm terrified of that. Um, but overall, I think that this is going to be the best starting 11. What about you? Like, What, what are your thoughts on, on the, the 11 that Liverpool played? Like, Where do you guys see improvements? Like, Do you feel like you have to do any improvements this year, or is it more of just finding that consistency of form that you guys had last year? Yeah, I mean, for us, it, it's, it's crazy that the midfield three that got us to the Champions League final – probably won't be our starting three past January wouldn't be my starting three right now um which is is crazy to say like Fabinho and Keita are on the bench not even getting minutes for us really that much right now I mean Keita did against Chelsea um in the cup game but in terms of Premier League games which which are crucially important for Liverpool um those players haven't even gotten minutes yet and that's just because they're not used to the the system um that, that Klopp demands from his players so um I mean, it's it's going to be – Klopp has learned at his time at Liverpool, which sorry may need to learn, is that you you got to rotate. You, you, like Klopp finally learned last year after a terrible January the previous year that that he has to rotate. He he has to get guys fresh legs, you know. So sorry may learn that the hard way in the Premier League um, with, with the competition that he's going to have versus the Italian league. I mean, it's just, it's just a more competitive league, especially physically. So – um, he may have to learn that, but in in terms of Liverpool, from your perspective, from a Chelsea perspective, what did you see in this game specifically, and then also, you know, some of the players that are standout players to you that that you are, I guess, that you think is the reason why Liverpool are where they are right now on the table. Yeah. So, just overall from um, the game uh, this past weekend, you know, I, I've just continually just been so, so, so impressed by the way that one man came in and completely changed Liverpool. And that's Virgil van Dyke. You know, it, it's so funny to say that, you know, I almost feel like Liverpool's one of their strongest suits is their defense. I mean, you know, you got to give it to Salah, Firmino, and Mane up top. But the 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 reason why they went to the Champions League final last year was because of the back line and, and their ability to keep goals out. And ultimately, I'm just blown away and continue to be blown away by his command in the back line and how he's just completely adapted the role of a leader back there. And, and I'm just so impressed of his ability to live up to the price tag that they paid. And, you know, I think that that was one of the things that, you know, Chelsea fans – you know, want to forget with Torres is that, you know, he kind of didn't really live up to that price tag that they paid for him. And with Van Dyke, you know, most one of the most expensive defenders of all time, if not, correct me if I'm wrong, if He's not the most. most yeah. yeah, that's what I thought, you know. To, to, to just come in here and do what he's doing now, he lived up to that price tag without even having to do really anything else in my perspective. Like, the guy is just an absolute champion in the back. Um, as well, I think that Trent Alexander-Arnold has been, you know, blowing blowing a lot of people away, um, and specifically me with his ability to go forward and whip the ball across. Mm-hmm. I think that in the modern system and the way that modern soccer is played, I think that you need left backs uh, and right backs that can get forward um, and not only get forward um, with speed, but have the creativity and technical ability to, um, you know, do more than what has been expected of fullbacks in the past. And, you know, he's one of those guys that's a modern day fullback where he's going to get forward. And Robertson is as well. Um, you know, they're both young guys. They both understand the the modern game. And I think that they're another reason of, of why Liverpool is being successful. Um, and I've also liked that uh, Jeannie Wijnaldum or is that how you pronounce it? Wijnaldum. Yeah, Jeannie Wijnaldum. There we go. Uh, Gini Wijnaldum, you know, he's, he's kind of impressed me that he's been able to keep time in the starting 11 with these new additions yeah. that have come in. 
you know, it's not that it's not necessarily just that these other guys that they have brought in uh, with Keita and Fabinho are, um, you know, just need time to adjust. I think that he's actually played well and he's actually kind of kept. You know them off a little bit, even in in some of these games where maybe you'd expect them to get a nod and, and he gets the nod. So, um, but yeah, overall, I mean, I think that it's a battle of press versus possess, and it was really really interesting to to see the tactical battle that took place between both of these two teams because it's such both modern football but very very different. Yep. You know, and and that was the coolest thing to see is is how attacking the game was and how back and forth and how flowing the game was. Um, and neither side sat back. Just you know, neither side you know let it happen to them. And I think that in the past, if if we were coached by Mourinho or if we were coached by uh, Antonio Conte, um, you know, I think that sometimes maybe they they would pack pack the box in a game like this. And and it was just very again like we kind of said in the beginning, refreshing to see an attacking game. Um, and, and one thing that really impressed me, though, was that um, with Klopp's understanding of how to apply the press against a team that possesses the ball like Chelsea. So what impressed me the most is that he sees that Chelsea's game is to possess the ball, play through the middle and attack direct. And, and that's what they're going to continue to do. Just direct, 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 attack with speed, attack with pace, um, but continue to possess the ball. If there's not an opportunity, they're going to pull it back and look for another one. Well, instead of just pressing like they normally do, like to attack the ball, attack the ball, attack the ball, they pressed to force Chelsea out of certain areas. And that was the reason, I think, why this game ended the way it did towards the end of the game and the reason why they got that goal at the end of the game. And I think it's because... Danny's turret. Dude, oh, God. Let's uh, go. Okay, let's, let, let's get to that in a second. Let me finish this real quick. I really am just so impressed by how he was able to realize that and then have his press just press them out of the areas that, that Chelsea continued it's to attack. It's, it's absolutely um, nonstop all the time. It's, it's incredible. It, yeah, it's incredible. And I was just so impressed how their back four and the middle three were just able to just hold their position and press when they needed to and then pull back right away. And, and not necessarily just press for the ball, but press them into certain areas. And that takes extreme intelligence and extreme awareness, not just from the coach, but from the players too. So that impressed me a lot from the Liverpool guys. This, Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's taken a little bit of time and I know it takes a little time for the, the system to, for the players to really grasp the system and, and to put it into use on the pitch. But uh, I think in terms of other fans realizing a lot of things about Liverpool, and yes, obviously the hot start and results are, are why, but also you know you talking about Van Dyke and you talking about Klopp's pressing system and um, you know other things about Liverpool. You know it, it's it's taken a little bit of time from from certain things that we've already all known. And yes, you could say that for a lot of other fans of of their own clubs, they obviously would know yeah. more about their own club than than you do, but. You know, we've known about Joe Gomez for a while. If it weren't for devastating injuries, he would have been where he's at, you know, a little bit, even, you know, maybe a year or two ago. He's been outstanding and excellent next to Van Dyke. And we've known about that. But now, you know, certain players of other clubs are, are just starting to realize that. Like, you know, you mentioned Jeannie Wijnaldum. He would actually be my three with Fabinho and Keita starting. I think he's been excellent for us um, yeah. in, in all three positions. He started as a 10. And now he's moved back as a number six, a deep line midfielder for us. He's just, he's an incredible athlete. And, um, you know, it's a lot of people are taking note, I think, of, of finally this, this kind of system coming to be. And, and like you were mentioning, you know, certain areas of where they're pressing him into, that's, it takes a long time for a player to understand that, for that to become second nature. And that's why he starts a midfield that consists of Milner and Henderson, because, that's second nature to them. And so it's going to take a little bit of time <laughs> once, you know, um, like Keita and Fabinho get used to this system. Um, but it's, it's, he, he needs to be able to trust you for you to be on the pitch to do these certain things. Yeah. And, and, you know, just like you were talking about the contrasting styles, it was very cool to see that because, you know, even, even city have a, a bit of a different style than Chelsea where Chelsea, like you said, kind of go direct more through the midfield city, use a little bit of the flanks a, a little bit more, I would say. Yeah. Um, so all three clubs right there are, you know, at the top of the table playing some really attractive stuff. Um, and and it's really nice to see, and, you know, even Spurs are playing some nice stuff. Um, and, and Arsenal's very, you know, very few shining lights right now are in the attack with someone like Lacazette. Um, so as, as the Premier League, you know, we're only seven games in, 
it's going to take a while for things to shape up, but just your general view uh, on what it's looking like and do you see, you know, the top of the table shaping up like this? Don't feel, you know, don't hesitate to to throw a little jab at United in there anyway. Um, you can uh, throw out there, but, you know, top top four and, and uh, what you see with it right now. Um, rapid fire top four right now. I'm going to go ahead and say off the top of my head without even thinking about it before I'm coming on the show. Um, damn. Uh, City one, Chelsea two, Liverpool three, Tottenham four. I think that uh, United ends outside of Europa League if they fire Mourinho, or if they don't fire Mourinho, sorry. If they fire Mourinho, I can see them hitting Europa League. If they don't fire Mourinho, not in the top six, won't even get in Europe next year. Um, but I would say that um, it's gonna, it, it's definitely going to have to be a little bit of uh, favoritism putting, putting Chelsea over Liverpool here because I think if they can go two or three, I don't think that Chelsea's going to win the league this year. Um, I just think that they need a striker to do it. And they just, yeah. unless they go by like, you know, Bellotti or Cavani or, you know, some sort of name that's going to come and, and, you know, score 20 goals to end the second half of the season. Like, I just don't see them, you know, winning the title. Um, and then with Liverpool, the only thing that concerns me a little bit is um, – Salah's lack of uh, being clinical in the box this year. And, and you know, that's that's nothing to be a jab at, at him. And I think he's an absolutely incredible player. But, like, last year, there were just certain opportunities that I've seen this year that, like, if it was 2017, 2018, like, he's slotting it away. Yeah. And a couple chances that I've seen in the last two games um, against Chelsea, and then there was one game, I think it was against Southampton, there's been, like, three to four chances in those games where it's, like, Salah scores that if it's last season. And that to me is like, it, it, it was last season just one really good season? Or like, is this guy actually going to be clinical this year? And I've also a little bit seen a little bit of selfishness from Mane. I think that, I, I don't know, I don't, I'm not sure. Do you follow like Barstool Sam and uh, his, his yeah. uh, Sam's Army podcast? Yeah, so they, they kind of brought up a good point. And, and you know, it kind of seems as though like, there's a couple times when Mane has had the opportunity to cross it back to Salah like he would have last year or back to Firmino. He takes the shot at a bad angle or just a bad shot. And it's like, mm, like, like what's going on there? Like, is, there's is, been there's some, some sort talk of-, of potentially just him, you know, knowing that he can be the guy and wanting to be a little bit more influential maybe in the front three. Not that he wasn't influential last year, but, you know, each one of those front three guys think they can be the guy. They're good enough to be the guy. I mean, so. Look at how solid, you know, got all this press and all this just no fame and, and just how much he just instantly became an absolute icon. Like, you know, if you're on a team with a guy like that, that went from, you know, just being your you know run of the mill kind of like just has potential, but definitely is not a star to genuinely being a star. Merchant, in a post-it I world. think is how you, you phrased it, I Speed believe. Merchant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, I wish the speed merchant never left the blues, but hey, that's a that's a long time ago. Um, but yeah, man, um, it's it's definitely definitely going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, and you know, the the front three they'll they'll come around. We like you were talking about with Salah. Like first of all, his conversion rate last year was insane. It it was just out the, yeah. out the roof. Um, it was incredible. It's but just like, uh, I think I did the math. It was like uh, 0.84 goals per game. Like point. That's like. That's incredible. Yeah, insane. Like and, forty-four goals in fifty-two games. I'm pretty sure was was the number I found. Like that, that's incredible. Like uh, you know, it just takes a special player to do that. And I'm, I'm I would love to see him redo the form again. But it's kind of like if if he can score the same amount of goals, I can see them you know sitting second above Chelsea. But it's going to be Chelsea one and two. I think City's going to again. I think they're going to run away with it this year. Like towards you know, I'd say. Uh, I'm going to say probably in like early March, maybe end of February, I could see them kind of, you know, opening up a six to eight point lead just because I just think they're way too deep. They're, they're just so much deeper than any, any team in, in the entire EPL. Fucking Mara's off the bench, dude, for 60 million. It's ridiculous. And Pep Guardiola is too good of a coach. Um, City's going to, City's going to take the league this year. And then, yeah, Spurs, uh, probably going to end up in fourth and take over for Arsenal. And then I could probably see like Arsenal, maybe Watford squeezing into to Europa League there. Um, Burnley had a decent season last year. Haven't been playing too well this year. Same with Bournemouth. Um, you know, those are a couple teams that I think that may make a charge uh, this season if they can figure their stuff out. Yeah, but Bournemouth had a big result today against Palace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, top, you know, you, you expect 
these three clubs right now to, to probably stay near the top. And as far as Salah goes, you know, just briefly before we close that out, it's, um, you know, like we were saying, his conversion rate was, was ridiculous last year. The, the thing that keeps us, you know, hopeful and positive is that he's still getting himself into really good positions. His expected goals is, is still up there. Um, yep. his, his playmaking is, is amazing. He's still having a bunch of dribbles, a lot of touches in the box. Like we just, you know, he only has one less goal, I believe, up to this point, uh, than he did last season. So it's not like, you know, yeah. nobody's really freaking out. Yes, you know, yeah. it, it, he is a little bit off. We, we didn't expect him to ever replicate the season he had last season. But, um, you know, there, there's no real worry with him right now. Yeah. Everyone's very calm because we know this front three can do so much more. And the fact that our the defense is actually an actual defense this season, which is incredible. Um, you know, we believe they can go far. So Absolutely. really appreciate I- you getting down, man. Yeah. Um, you know, it was always good to talk to you, you know, crazy that we're talking about Chelsea playing a nice fluid attacking system. Um, and you know, just <laughs> what, what an incredible game that was. I mean, it was, I, I think, you know, as I phrased it with Jeff is, um, you know, you, you could see each team deserving to lose that game, deserving to draw that game and deserving to win that game. Um, you know, so it, it was just you don't you don't see that very often with the chances yep. that they had that the goalkeepers making unbelievable saves and um, you know a, a little bit of magic from from both sides. So it's just an incredible game to watch, and you know, hopefully the reverse fixture at Anfield isn't the same and that the Reds take it. But um, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's it's going to be what you know is is it will be a very exciting game, and people will now know what to expect and be very excited for that one to to come. So um, appreciate you getting on, Mark. Yeah, uh, where can can everyone find you on social, the social media? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Mark Oworko, uh, M-A-R-C-O-W-E-R-K-O. That's uh, that's my main form of communication. But yeah, Joey, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate. It. If I can uh, sum up, I would say kind of my my two major takeouts from from this game is that um, you know both teams are genuine contenders in the competitions that they're in. Um, they're they're both very very good teams. It's going to be great to watch this year. Um, for for Liverpool, I think that you know my takeout is just for for overall, you know, can they find the form that they had last season? And if they can, you know, they're unstoppable. And I'm going to be so excited to to watch what what they can do and represent England and EPL. And then for Chelsea, you know, I'd say that our takeout would be, you know, can they find a goal scorer? And, and that's kind of that's going to be the major major theme for us. But hey, man, Joey, I really appreciate uh, having having me on here on the show, and uh, would love to to be back anytime to to chat Blues and Reds. Always great to have you, Marcus. Take care, brother. Cheers. Thank you very much, Marcus, for giving us that different perspective on uh, both Chelsea and Liverpool. And I will go ahead and get back to the Napoli game with myself and Jeffrey Hallett. Um, got a huge game coming up the weekend, City, which I know you guys are doing a great. Uh, preview on so looking forward to hearing that sure uh, but let's go ahead and get briefly just into Napoli and, and what we're expecting from this game coming up because it is a huge game it, especially in terms of you know who is Klopp going to start because we have a huge game at the weekend in City do you expect Jeff him to start a very strong squad seeing especially as how Napoli drew somehow with Red Star? I, I don't know how that happened, but the, that, was, that was a very big result for us. The fact that they drew because we before the game, you would have put all your money on Napoli winning that even though it was away from home. Um, you know, Red Star, yes, they, they have a history and they, they used to be good. I, th- I think it was in the 80s maybe, but um, I mean, this is their first time back in a long time. So, um, I mean – what do you do? You, first of all, do you want to see a very strong squad out there, especially with the huge game coming up on the weekend? Uh, what what subs do you want, and what do you expect from Klopp to put out there? I think the subs will just happen, and as we've seen week to week, it, it's in the midfield. Uh, you'll see probably Keita. You'll probably not see, hoping anyway, Henderson. Uh, <laughs> So I, I think front three writes itself, back five, same thing. And especially for a Champions League match, I wouldn't expect Klopp to come with anything less than who we saw versus Chelsea. But in the midfield, you'll probably see uh, – don't think you'll see Fabinho quite yet, but uh, Wijnaldum, Milner, and probably Keita. Yeah, this is definitely a game where I'd, I would really like to see Keita, especially because he didn't start – uh, against Chelsea, I would, I would very, very much like to see him play. Um, I'd love to see Curtis Jones on the bench, maybe. Um, 
I know it's it's a big shout, but I, I just it's a very important game. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I just feel like this is a chance for him to rest maybe a couple of players. Uh, it's 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 a tough one. You know, you never want to put out a weaker squad in a Champions League game. Um, but again, just with that result that had happened with Red Star, it, it makes me think just a tiny bit differently. And the, and the fact that we came back against PSG and now, you know, they, they don't have any points. So it's a tough one. I, maybe it's just because I, I really am, am looking forward to the game at, at the weekend and need a bare minimum a draw with City to to get through feeling all right about things. Um in terms of, you know, contending for the Premier League. Um, it, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy to think that we actually have squad depth now. So, you know, you can bring a Fabinho and a Keita in, which is bizarre because you would expect them to be starting for us in the next month or two. Um, but both of them can start the weekend, and then you can have the same midfield that was against Chelsea against City. So you don't you don't know with Klopp. You're just you're, you're happy now that we have this this depth, this squad depth. It's, it's great to see. I, I don't think Moreno will come in. I'm wondering... If maybe Klein comes in at right back, um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. And, and maybe uh, a Matip instead of uh, a Van Dyke to rest Van Dyke, maybe because of his ribs, because he'll be important at the weekend. So hmm. don't know. Don't know what Klopp's going to go with, um, but very interested to see what he does. Uh, now that we're out of the cup, unfortunately, uh, with that previous game with Chelsea, I, I honestly hope I never see Mignolet in a, in a red shirt again. Um <laughs> I don't hate Manuel. I just there's no reason not to play Allison. There's just no reason not to. So yep. hopefully he stays in there. Um, Napoli's got some threats though, Jeff. They, they do. Marek Hamzik is is a, he's a legend there. He's their their highest ever goal scorer from midfield um, in the club's history. He he's been there for a very long time. He was there when Cavani was there. He was um, he was there when Lavezzi was there. Um, when they when they first started I feel like getting even better um in recent years. So you know sorry obviously left. They bring in three time Champions League winner Carlo Ancelotti. They're still a possession team. Um you know they they still are running the same system essentially in, in a way. Um I know uh, even after listening to uh Ryan Baldi and uh Hendrick that they're saying um, that they make about a hundred fewer passes this season than they do last season. Um, they're saying maybe it's a drop off in tempo, maybe a little less intense. Jorginho, maybe, you know, he, like I was talking about earlier, he, he's a very good player, but he, he does like to, to just get the ball and move it. Maybe he's a huge reason why they haven't done that. And since Homjik is now dropping back a little bit deeper, you know, a little bit different players. Um, so, they do have a lot of threats. Insigne, Callejon is, is a decent player. Um, Mertens, uh, is, is, is he really coming off the bench for them now with um, with Milik starting? I mean, they do have a lot of options. They can definitely hurt us. They, uh, you know, Zielinski, who was in a Liverpool kit at one time, seen in a picture in a Liverpool kit, has, has been playing well for them. Um, Diawara, he's 21. He's, he's damn good. There's, they do have a lot of options. Um they, they are definitely a threat, and and I know that we got lucky with that result, like I mentioned with them and Red Star. But I mean, they are a very very good team, um, and, and they've showed it so far this year as well. Yeah, they've been in top form in Syria, uh, but a little bit of inconsistency. Uh, so first, they dropped three nil to Sampdoria, uh, tied. Servina Zavida, <laughs> nil nil. So, uh, and then at the weekend got slammed by uh, by Juventus. So, we're not talking. We're, first of all, we're talking a different squad. It, you pull Jorginho out, you pull Sari out. You've got a squad in transition, but to remain in second place uh, through you know seven weeks of matches says something about Napoli. Uh, but in terms of. Uh, Ancelotti, sorry, <laughs> had a second there. Uh, in terms of Ancelotti, he is implementing a new, you know, keeping the form the same, but he plays different ball than Sari. Obviously, Sari, you know, s- spends a lot of time bounding forward. Uh, Ancelotti, more of a possession 
coach. So uh, I think you're seeing differences in the side as a result of that. Uh, Hamchik, as you say, uh, dropping back more and Zelensky feeding Insigne and Mertens, right? So uh, Mertens got goal at the weekend. He's an obvious threat. Uh, But I think our back line will match up pretty well to them. Uh, The question is getting our attack you know, into Koulibaly's territory and how successful we'll be, you know, with Salah on his side or Mane overlapping. I think that's the real test. Yeah, and it's, it's, I'm really, really looking forward to this game. It's, it's going to be a big result if we get three points here because which is fixture congestion and, and especially with, you know, you don't want to have your eyes on the weekend, but you, you definitely will feel like some of the players will, this would be a huge, huge three points moving forward and, and give us the opportunity potentially later on, you know, in the season with our schedule to be able to play different players in, in big champions league games that yes, may not matter if, if we're already if we have locked up, but may, may really be great for these players and their progression. Um, in the Champions League because what well, we have Red Star back to back, I believe. I think there's an Arsenal game in between. Um, but I mean, if we can get three points here, maybe even get you know another three points at Red Star. That second Red Star game, that that back to back game, you know, especially with Arsenal before that, you can play a very very strong side at Arsenal, and then three days later, you can go and and play some guys who can hopefully get a result you would think would hopefully get a result for you at red star, you know, our second side should be able to, to do that. So, um, big, big game coming up and, um, you know, could be very, very big in terms of resting our squad, um, coming you know, within the next, I guess, month and a half, two months here. So, um, you know, Napoli have some very, very good players. Like you said, they're, they're second in the league table right now in Italy. Um, you know, with 15 points, it looks like Juventus is obviously going to run away with that like they, they normally do. But Napoli's had a strong season so far. Um, so, they, you know, they, they're they a very, very good side. And I, I think they were worried, you know, seeing Liverpool being drawn in their group uh, in, in three slots. So um, they're going to be very worried with, with Liverpool as well. But um, I, I think we can do business here, Jeff. What do you think? Oh, that's 100% the point. We're going on the road, and they've got a rowdy house, so I'm a little bit worried about the atmosphere going in. Uh, but Liverpool traveled well last year, um, obviously, uh, through the Champions League, did pretty well. So uh, I expect us to pull out a result. Uh, I think our speed up front will you know, engulf their back line. I think that's going to be the difference in the game. And if we start a strong midfield then we've got team defense in front of that back five. And that that's what it all amounts to. I think we have a high probability of coming out of, out of that game with a clean sheet. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's, it sucks that you have to go to Sanford bridge and then over to Napoli, uh, you know, two tough away fixtures in a row, but it it might be fresh and, and nice, um, to come back for the city game at home and, and especially have the fans having waited for a little while to see the Reds play really, really up and at it for, for a big game. So um, very much looking forward to these next two games, Jeff, um, and, and looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say about city before we get out of here. We're not going to do necessarily a seat index. We're just going to say there's one positive and that positive is Daniel Sturridge and Jeez. just, is there just ever. an incredible strike, and not just that, his you know his, his, his renaissance at Liverpool. Like he he came out with a quote. I'm pretty sure he said it was uh, it's like you know dating your first girlfriend or something like that again, or coming back to a girlfriend um, after you've been away for a little bit. And it was just it was just so funny um, hearing him say that because he he's come back after having been away and been like you know. Do, did I really want to play at a club like West Brom um, and, and while I maybe getting all the minutes that I want uh, when I'm healthy, um, is this really where I want to be or do I want to be a part of a bigger season, something more special? So uh, he's proved already. He's, he's our, I believe our top goal scorer with Monty this season of with four, um, 
he's been incredible for us. He's, you know, he's, he's just been scoring constantly and a fit Daniel Sturridge is glorious to be able to bring that off the bench. When you just look at what we were bringing off last year um, in Solanke and Ings, and then you go to a fit Daniel Sturridge, it really is incredible. It, totally. It's just incredible. Totally different. He's got that world-class finishing ability and now he knows to pick his spots and he's at that point in his career where he's learned to be highly efficient and you know, God damn it, he, he absolutely is. Like seconds from walking on the pitch, three minutes later, that worldy. I mean, it reminded me of Henderson's worldy at Stanford Bridge a couple yeah. couple seasons Yeah, the ago. right-footed curler, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, just a beautiful ball. And he deserved every bit of that. Um, beat beat Kappa, who has, to your point, looked really strong in the early mm. going here. Uh, a lot of us thought with Louise, with that defense in front of him, he would be tested. Um, but he's you know shown up pretty well. But there's no blocking that uh, that curler to the corner. Yeah. <laughs> no one really talked about both of our keepers in, in terms of their price tag. Cause they're the two most expensive goalkeepers in the whole world yep. playing against each other, but they showed why they made some big saves, both of them. Um, but yeah, for Sturridge, that's, that's 50 Premier League goals. It, it, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about um, just what a class act he is just a, I love everything about him. It's I, I, <laughs> I, I really, I want, obviously you want him to score and do well for your club, but I, I feel like this, I just, I hate to be the jinx here and I'm going to knock on wood, but I just hate this because you fall in love with him again. And then you're just hoping that he stays fit. And this is the most fit he's looked in a long, long time. And the hope is, is just please stay injury free and for Klopp to continue to, to pick and choose his times to play, especially as a sub. I mean, he's been super impactful as a sub. I think, is really high up, I think, in, in goals in terms of uh, for subs for the, in Premier League history. I think Giroud's up there, and there's there's somebody else. Um, but he, he yeah, he's been unbelievable. Um, so very lucky to have him fit and firing, especially at this point in the season. And then that was just uh, we just had to give Danny a shout out because who doesn't love Daniel Sturridge? So <laughs> Jeff, been a pleasure talking to you as always. As always, um, Joey. Thank we you. Find you on Twitter, my man. Uh, Jeff underscore Hallett with two L's and two D's. Find us at Talk on FP. Everyone appreciate you listening. A lot more winning to come, hopefully. A lot more challenging on all fronts. So cheers, Jeff. Talk on, talk on. Talk on, talk on.